Can the Bruins avoid the letdown in Berkeley after Thanksgiving? Well, if you haven't been let down already, let's talk about it with Locked On UCLA. You are Locked On UCLA, your daily podcast on the UCLA Bruins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everybody, it's Zach Anderson, Yox. I'm your favorite host. This is Locked On UCLA. Thanks for tuning in. It's your favorite show. If you like it, if you don't, whatever. It's free wherever you get your podcast. It's available on YouTube. Like, comment, subscribe. Thanks for making it your first listen each and every day. In the meantime, this episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. They help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And while there's no conditions that apply to the fact that UCLA had a golden opportunity this season in 2022 with all the veterans, all the seniors, it seemed like maybe Chip Kelly was building towards something special this year. DTRs last year, Charbonnet getting lots of love across the nation. You get a grad transfer in Jake Bobo. You find a sparkling defensive player coming out of what was retirement in Leatu Latu, the Murphy Twin, everything was building towards something special, eight and one start, and your only loss coming to a, a team that was ranked higher than you on the road in one of the toughest environments in the country, let alone the Pac-12, and the Bruins stumble. Yet here UCLA is, still two wins away from potentially equaling the school record for wins in a season. And as Chip Kelly said earlier this week after practice in a quote to the media, well, to get to 10 wins, you got to get win number nine first. And they're playing a Cal team, or the Bruins, who aren't playing for a bowl. It is both teams' last regular season game, but it is Cal's last game of the season. The Golden Bears come in 4-7, and 2-6, as UCLA will potentially, maybe not go to Berkeley for a long, long time, depending on how the UC regions make this interesting and how it all falls out. So this is an interesting game and could be one of the last chances for UCLA to go to California Memorial Stadium against the the Bears, the Golden Bears of Cal at Berkeley. UCLA in recent years has dominated this matchup, I believe, three of their last four. Chip Kelly getting his first UCLA win as the head coach of the Bruins by beating Cal. But this is a, a Cal team that has squandered some opportunities this year to get some either big wins or even just let alone be playing for bowl eligibility. But still, the Bruins should not, 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 not be playing any softly and, and look past this Cal team because they're playing on their senior day at home when they honor their legendary broadcaster, Joe Starkey, who's been around for nearly five decades and that will be his final game as the Gold Bears voice. They'll have they're honoring Joe Roth, former player. However, it goes. It's a midday game after Black after Thanksgiving, and all UCLA fans have horrible, horrible, horrible memories when it comes to the Bruins playing an important game the day after Thanksgiving, whether it be against the team from the Bay, Stanford or Cal, including the legendarily infamous flop against the Stanford Cardinal, which has now been um, maybe on the same wavelength as that Arizona flop two weeks ago. Either way, UCLA has a chance to get to 10 wins, and the map is, regardless of where they're going bowling, 
the Bruins will do so. It's just a matter of can they do it when they're playing for 10 wins? Can DTR be on the hook for breaking more records offensively as he closes out his super senior campaign with Zach Charbonnet, continuing to build his draft stock alongside Jake Bob and everybody else, other seniors or whoever decides to move on to a professional career for UCLA following this season. The Bruins, this is a Cal team that they're facing that did put up points against USC, 41-35. to They lost against the Trojans back about three weeks ago. They were very close at home against Washington when that game was tied between the Huskies and Cal going into the fourth. But this is also a team in Cal that has lost on the road to Colorado in overtime that gave Colorado their first win of the season. And they played Notre Dame tough on the road. They've played, they destroyed Arizona, which UCLA couldn't even do at home. They beat down Arizona by 18 on the heels of a strong second half. And despite Jane Delore for the Wildcats throwing for 400 yards, they had Jaden, their own Jaden, Ott, the freshman tailback, go for almost 300 yards rushing. So that's one guy the Bruins really need to take a hold of and not let dominate them in the run game, considering last week USC had a surprisingly successful night despite their leading tailback getting hurt and out for this season the week prior, with Travis Jones running for 100-plus yards and USC not exactly equaling the, in terms of yardage for rushing, but they had a really strong rushing attack for the Bruins. They were good, but not cheerily spectacular as we had seen throughout this season. And despite them putting up 200 yards rushing the football last week for UCLA, they found themselves in a game neck-and-neck neck when running the football against USC where it's a lot closer than it should have been, and you don't want that same thing to happen against Cal and Jaden Ott. Jaden Ott, who is the, as we wait for this thing to load here on my computer, Jaden Ott, who's had that th almost 300-yard game against the likes of Arizona. And now the Bruins have to make sure they don't get trounced over by the freshman from Chino, California, went to Norco and to Bishop Gorman. Hey, hey, what do you say, DTR? But not anywhere near an age. Jay Knott has had 200-yard games, one against Davis, UC Davis, and then almost a 300-yard game against Arizona. And he's been kept in check, although he almost posted 100 yards against Stanford, who we remember was one of the worst rushing defenses in the country. They have a set redshirt senior quarterback. They've got Jack Plummer and all that, which we'll talk about in a few moments. This is a game that could either be riddled for disaster for UCLA or it could be an easy win. Think about it. Cal is coming off an emotional win at home in front of a sold-out Memorial Stadium crowd where they had to come from behind and get a fumble for a score, get a pick six, or get a pick almost leading to a score, getting put on bad beats after it was all said and done. Well, it wasn't because of them necessarily. But Cal's coming off an emotional win, UCLA coming off an emotional loss. How do those two things coincide? Generally, one might think after an emotional loss, or emotional win, like Cal had against their bitter rival in, you know, one of the longest-running rivalries of the big game, then how is UCLA going to respond in what in their emotional rivalry against USC? Those are two very interesting topics, and it might come down to who gets the first swing, the first score, and who gets the first points. We'll talk about that in just a moment, because, you know, you could post your job for free, with LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs. Have you, haven't you guys heard 
about LinkedIn jobs. You're not tired about hearing about LinkedIn jobs. No, you're not. Just know that these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. Just know that holidays coming up, small business, was it Saturday coming up, Black Friday, Thanksgiving, we've got a lot to be thankful for. Well, you also want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you should check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Just use the screening question so you can prioritize who you want to interview and then hire, which is why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. All right. As we rumble on with locked on UCLA, let's go back to what the Bruins need to do. Well, the Bruins have DTR on the precipice of ready to break some records, even more records for UCLA football career or single season, whatever it may be. Yet he's banged up. UCLA has been playing without their defensive coordinator who hasn't exactly had an updated status over the last month plus. And they've got a team that is crushed, wounded from that crushing. We, we know what it was. We know what it was. We don't need to let the trolls from across town keep fighting and being weird and whatever it is. UCLA has a, still a chance, again, to break, to tie, to tie the school record. And how do they do that? Well, in the end, it's one who scores first. As I teased in that end of the first segment, if UCLA can score first, and I know they had that big early, the slightly big early lead, the two-score lead against SC in the week prior, against Cal, it seems like a different game. Whoever gets the emotional tide to swing their way first in this game between the Bruins and Cal may, may, and I think it will go a long way in the Bay to get a win. If Cal comes in first, gets a first possession touchdown or a stop and a touchdown, and then turns into a stop and a field goal, and the Bruins are starting like they did against Arizona, then they might be in their works for a long day, and they might have to put up a lot of points to come back and beat Cal. I think it's better. One would obviously think it's better. But it, it UCLA should not try and fall behind in this game, whether it's giving up a score or right, and they respond, that's one thing. But they each team has had a possession, and Cal's leading by a touchdown, or God forbid each team has a possession and they're down two scores, barring worst-case scenario. UCLA truly needs in this game, I think, to score first, to get themselves feeling good about themselves and to kind of flush out the feelings from the previous week. Although some might say, all right, if things go wrong, here we go again might be creeping up in the back of their minds. But Cal does not have a Caleb Williams on the other side of the ball and a vaunted passing offense. They do have Jack Plummer, who's thrown for 2,800 yards, 17 touchdowns, just about 250 yards a game, but nine interceptions, about a two-to-one, a little less than that touchdown-to-interception ratio. But still, this is not the same thing that UCLA's faced in the week before. This is truly about motivating yourself. One, after two gut-wrenching weeks of close one-possession losses where UCLA had the ball at the end of the game in the fourth quarter, driving either slightly deep into Wildcat territory or near midfield against USC, where they had the ball a chance 
to win one game, theoretically, although it would have been more of a miraculous comeback against Arizona, or two, another wild comeback it could have been, but to tie, if not win the game against USC before the incompletion to end the Arizona game and the pick to end any hope of a Pac-12 title berth and the Rose Bowl, as we're all hoping for something spectacular, all the talk coming in, and in the end, it turned out, sadly, to be just talk, but they can still back it up and have a good season. And one could argue this might be one of the least successful potential 10-win campaigns the Bruins could have, considering all they had on the table and how they started this season. But still, it's a team that should be honored, beloved, and remembered for what they might go on to do in the future in the NFL or beyond. Still, it was a fun season. UCLA should play as such. Score first, which is the key against Cal. They've played from behind a lot of times this year. And in their close, in their lower scoring games, Cal has been able to keep it a little closer. When teams have been able to score a lot more points, more than 30 or so, or close to 30, Cal hasn't been able to keep up with the offense outside of the Arizona game. The only time Cal faced a team that scored 30 or more against them and won was that Arizona game in September for their homecoming. And that's because Cal put up 49, including 28 in the second half to Arizona 7. The other times since the teams put up just 28 points, not even 30, but 28 or more, Cal overall is 0-4. So if UCLA can get them, score early, and they don't even need to have a good day at the office. If they just go put up their average, which is about 40 points per game, which could be UCLA's third ever season where they've averaged 40 or more for the entire season offensively, if they just simply have an average day at the office, not even a high-scoring game like against SC where they put up 45 and could have potentially put up more, they have a normal day, even a pedestrian 32, 34, 5, whatever point performance, it's not like Cal has an offense that's poised from what they've shown so far under Justin Wilcox. Reminder, they just fire their offensive coordinator, Bill Musgrave, a longtime football coach, offensive coordinator, and their O-line coach. So maybe they switch, they switch some things, but mind you, they beat Cal. I mean, they beat Stanford, did Cal, who has, has their own struggles offensively. So if the Bruins can simply outpace the Golden Bears, it can lead the Bruins to an easier, easier path to victory against Cal in what could be one of the more intriguing rivalries, as some may not even call it a rivalry, considering all the regents drama and everything in between, in what might be the final meetings for a long time between UCLA and Cal in football, and definitely one of the last meetings one might say, depending on future conference realignment or potential blocking of conference realignment here in Berkeley for UCLA as they had to play the Golden Bears. Score first and score often. You might think that's simple, but in a game where, all right, there's not a lot on the line for either side, the Bruins just simply keep it simple, get back to ball, books and ball. Well, the books are pretty much taking care of it. It's Thanksgiving week. You can breathe, be thankful, and put up points. Well, just know that UCLA, well, they've had their fair share of ups and downs, but they put up points. Cal, theoretically, does not have the offense. Not better than Stanford, and they can put it on you if the Bruins' defense is not going to show up, if they are a no-show for 
a potential third straight week, a second straight week, albeit. And, well, the Bruins just take care of the ball, score the ball, and they should have a fun day at the office. If one would bet UCLA, well, obviously they would think the Bruins could take care of business, right? After being underdogs at home, big, heavy favorites against Arizona, either way it didn't work. Well, I think UCLA will take care of business, but we'll get to more of that throughout the week. Bet Online is your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional amateur league out there. They've got football, American football, basketball, World Cup, soccer, football, whatever it is, whatever you call it. Beautiful game. Esports, they've got it all with Bet Online. You love podcasts about betting, they've got those with sports podcasts at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to, to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. But online, where the game starts. Where the game starts. Simple as that. To wrap up Locked On UCLA, we'll just say, all right, that we will have a Thanksgiving episode. There will be one posted. Not exactly sure what it's going to entail, but it might be something along the like of a throwback, thankful episode, maybe. Maybe we'll have fun guests, or maybe we'll have, you know, Hall of Famers or a Hall of Famer on in the future. We'll see. Just maybe a tease there. We'll wave a towel, have some fun there. Who knows? Just things to look on for UCLA, locked on UCLA in the future with basketball season getting ready to go despite a disappointing week in Vegas. And now UCLA basketball, speak of it, plays looking to redeem themselves, maybe not redeem themselves, but try and shake off their bad weekend with all the talk of Mick Cronin making the media and Lambast just blasting his team, going after them after their performances against Illinois and Baylor out in Las Vegas at T-Mobile Arena. They play Pepperdine in a game where the Bruins need to get back to basics. Pepperdine's having a nice season, as it seems like in recent years, most WCC teams, the West Coast Conference, tend to have, again, Pepperdine, Sneaky good ball club. They've only got one loss that thus far on this schedule. They are four and one. Their only loss was out at Cal State Fullerton by three. And you might be saying, Zach, why would this even be a game? Well, Pepperdine destroyed in their home opener at Rice by 40, beat Alabama State by 30, Vanguard by 14. And you're like, that's not even a D1. But then they most recently beat UC Irvine, who went on the road. UC Irvine did, and blasted Oregon, a Pac-12 opponent. And besides, nobody in the Pac-12, other than maybe Arizona and hopefully UCLA, should not worry about them in majors, but nobody in the Pac-12 has proven, especially throughout college basketball, that anybody is safe, especially the Pac-12. Hey, I talk about Cal football. You could say Cal basketball might not get more wins than Cal football this year. Jokes, jokes, jokes. But UCLA against Pepperdine. And for the Bruins, this is a Pepperdine team that's posted almost 70 points per game in every game except their most recent win. So a team that loves to get down the floor with Pepperdine. Four and one. They've won three in a row. And again, remember the the longtime Washington coach, Lorenzo Romar, is the head coach there. So he, he knows what he's doing. He's been a long time face around college basketball. He's been assistant with UCLA. Remember back in 95, he was with Pepperdine last year when they went to the CBI title, won that 
He's been at Pepperdine, St. Louis, Washington, a winning coach, and he's been with Pepperdine overall seven seasons from here and for there. And, you know, you never know. Here, here we go as the Bruins take on Pepperdine. UCLA just simply needs to get back to basics. One, again, the season will hinge. Even though Cronin was harping on the play of the veterans and maybe the defense of the freshmen, the season will hinge on the freshmen playing well. If the freshman players, Bailey, Dylan Andrews, maybe Zonka gets time, although he's only seen very limited time thus far with the short rotation permit Cronin and then a Dembona. Which one of those one to two players for UCLA basketball can shine throughout the rest of the non-conference? Don't forget Pac-12 play starts in a week against Stanford and Oregon. Maybe not games as tough as initially indicated, but I've seen Stanford in person and you don't want to take them lightly on the road in a early December conference game if your freshmen aren't ready. Oregon at home, well, you just you can never really count out Oregon despite how they've started so far this season. So UCLA really wants to build and build and build going towards March, which is how Mick Cronin tends to he goes through his early season slip-ups. And it's been a while since UCLA's had such tough games back to back on neutral sites thus early in the season. Last year UCLA had Villanova at home with the veteran team, crowd supported, sold out, went to Vegas lost to Gonzaga. So maybe it's something that has to do with Vegas for UCLA, jokes aside, uh, that the Bruins don't seem to like. Either way, UCLA should come out, one, try and hold Pepperdine to under 70 points and do it better like they had been the first three games of the season and hold maybe Pepperdine to under 60 points. That would be a good defensive day. If not, holding Pepperdine to under 70 points would be a would be a good day for the office after Mick Cronin was unhappy with his team holding teams to 80 between Illinois, who scored 50 in the second half, and then Baylor, who just went up and down and scored a lot of points, shot a lot of free throws. One might not expect Pepperdine to be as physical and as rambunctious as Pepperdine and Baylor were in either tough atmospheres or a limited atmosphere that late Sunday afternoon against the Bears of Baylor. Against Pepperdine, this is what you have to look out for. They've so far, through five games, got four scores in double figures through the Waves. They've got Maxwell Lewis, they have Houston Mallett, they have Mike Mitchell Jr. and Javon Porter. Those guys all average about 13 points or more, and that is amongst their starting five. So between the likes of four other starting five, they average a lot of points, and a lot of their points come from the majority of their starting five. Their Lewis plays about 30 minutes. Millette plays about 32 minutes. Mitchell Jr. plays 33 minutes. There's a lot of guys who play a bunch of minutes for Lorenzo Romar's squad. And while Mick Cronin isn't afraid to write his starters or his seniors, which he's done at times, can the Bruins, which team starters will get gas sooner? And can UCLA get back to those defensive principles to dominating? Jalen Clark, as I recently mentioned, in those two games in Vegas, only had one steal and one block in two games after he came in with two blocks overall in the season and 13 steals. Competition different, yes, but against Pepperdine, maybe this is a game where Clark goes back and gets a bunch of steals and leads and helps re-emphasize McCronin's defensive outcries and figure out, hey, this is how UCLA wants to play throughout the season. Defensively, 
Let's see how many steals Jalen Clark gets. It's not going to be all on him, despite a lot of reliance on him. And then two, who can take maybe a third or second scoring option? The bulk of the shots this weekend, the most recent weekend, were Tiger Campbell and then Jaime Hawkins Jr. Can Amari Bailey get a consistent shot or a consistent bucket? Or maybe is it Dembona? Is he available to slowly start building in the paint and get easy buckets and lay the ball up in the rim and be a nice post presence for UCLA. Remember, that used to be Cody Riley, who certainly wasn't as athletic or mobile as Bona is, but he was certainly capable of getting a bucket down low. And again, Singleton's been slightly automatic from three. Can the Bruins find ways to consistently find and diversify the scoring? And is Tiger Campbell going to be asked from here on out to shoot 15, 20 times a game? It didn't really work for the offense in terms of efficiency against Baylor and against Illinois, but maybe they figure out ways to get open shots for other players. And can Amari Bailey be one of those guys offensively to step up in a more consistent role? Maybe it's Dylan Andrews who scored seven points, a freshman that's building into a more comfortable role. Those are all things that the Bruins have to iron out before they get into the the middle of conference play, or even they go on the road to face a currently undefeated, at least from what I last checked, I believe 5-0 Maryland team, one of the better records in the Big Ten so far, before they go on the, the road, quote-unquote, neutral site, to play Kentucky at Madison Square in the middle of December. A lot of games, while it won't be undefeated for either side, that's still a big marker game for both, seeing which team, despite multiple losses in the early going, will be ready to go and move on to conference play. So those are two measuring stick games while the Bruins play a sneaky tough mid-major, certainly tougher than the first three UCLA played at Poly, but it certainly should be a UCLA dub, but if they don't come out to play and the defense is still struggling and the Bruins go ice cold from the field, don't be shocked if Pepperdine comes in to Poly Pavilion and makes this a game the day before Thanksgiving, which is what the Bruins don't want in a debacle as UCLA looks to avoid their third straight loss. I don't expect it, but Pepperdine is certainly coached enough to come back and do it. And they've got some, you know, victories this year. They put up a lot of points. If the Bruins can wear down the Pepperdine starters more than UCLA's own starters are worn down, just grind it out. Get them struggling from the field. Again, four of the five Waves starters average double figures, 13 or more. So they rely a lot of the scoring, despite a lot of diversity scoring the basketball. A lot of it comes from their four of the five starters. Can the Bruins do good defensively, reestablish the early season principles, dominance, deflection, steals, get back to that, force terrible shooting percentages, and will UCLA find consistency scoring the basketball? Those are all questions that will be for the Bruins going forward. Until then, we just have to wait to see how McCronin's bunch plays, and we'll talk about it. Other than that, Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Enjoy it. We will have an episode that's posted on Thanksgiving, whether you watch it then or not or listen to it. If you're falling asleep after eating your turkey or your ham or your non-traditional meal on Thanksgiving, hope you guys have a thankful one. Thanks for tuning in and enjoying Locked On UCLA. So far, it's been a pleasure as we get into the depth of basketball season and slowly wind down UCLA football and get into the offseason drama as we expect the Regents' decision in middle of December and how all we're going to react to the end of the UCLA football season. So, early happy Thanksgiving. We will drop an episode on Thanksgiving, kind of recapping UCLA basketball and then saying what we're thankful for. 
other than that, thanks for tuning in. This has been Locked On UCLA. UCLA fans, a thankful a clap. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. You see. LA, UCLA, fight, fight, fight. This has been Locked on UCLA. Go Bruins.